Hello and welcome to Sophie Wanick Presents Video Game Novelizations and a Justification to Plan a Honeymoon Vacation, starring Sophie Wanick. I'm your host, Sophie Wanick, and with me, as always, is my guest, Nicholas Margellos. This is season two of Nicholas Margellos Presents Movie Novelizations and a Justification for a Physical Transformation, starring Nicholas Margellos. <laughs> this is such a long. <laughs> exhausting intro but hello everyone welcome well you know that's just what happens we have to get down all the legal issues yeah uh this is the first time i've done uh, a season wow, two really jumping into it, even though a... i'm the host that's surprising okay no i'm sorry go ahead keep going but wait are you trying to say this is the first time you've ever done a season two all of your things are like season two season three i guess that's true i guess that's true this is kind of another a whole new, another this thing this is just the same this is a, a very realm. much a spiritual sequel to the last season that you and I had did together okay. so anyway back to Sophie Wanna presents video and game novelizations and a justification to plan a honeymoon vacation it's one woman's journey mm. to read books about video games which my guest does mm -hmm. um while also playing those video games which my guest sort of does but i watch it i always participate in the video game part portion mm -hmm. um and i'm then, hoping you'll get into to actually playing it uh coming up here but not this specific episode. well yeah i'm very particular about my video games are, that indeed. i play which we'll talk about um and i uh, one woman's journey to dive into uh, planning our honeymoon. Correct. Which, yeah, that's the second the part of this. Yeah, so um, it is uh, 2021. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. We've made it through 2020. Um, yeah, last time we were recording this podcast, it was the end of 2019. Uh, it's been uh, oh, wow, a little yeah. over a year since we last recorded this. Uh, since then, right around that same time, we had a clone version of me show up at my, our door. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Ben. See, He's doing well, for those of you who I are worried about him. I don't have a second season of anything. <laughs> if you guys are worried about Ben, don't worry. He's doing very well. He's actually working on his own podcast at this current time. I think we'll talk about it at some point later down the road. But, no, I don't um, plug other podcasts. I only plug my own. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, we're so happy that you guys are coming into listening to us. Uh, if you have any insight on video games or video game novelizations, or if you have any tips okay, on well, honeymoon wait, or honeymoon okay, vacations, wait, whoa, whoa. you're, you you're email ending in. the podcast right now. Well, no, I just want people we to know right start, off the bat. Right we, have to off the explain, bat. we have to explain what video game novelizations is. We have to explain what we mean by planning a honeymoon vacation. Sure, sure. People don't even know. They okay. are like... I'm sorry. What are you referring to? I messed up. Did I mess up? No, I admit it. Yes, okay. I did. It's, it's fine. You didn't mess up. You didn't mess up. It's just, you know, it, it makes sense why I'm the host and this time I'm the star. <laughs> so, um, you know, we tried it with Nick being the star of last time, but this time it's starring Sophie Wanick. It's Sophie Wanick's podcast and it's starring Sophie Wanick. So right. I hope you all buckle in. Okay, so what's a video game novelization? Essentially, it is still not the podcast that I wish we were doing where we, we watched movies that had books prior to. Movies that were previously based on books and we read Yeah, those film books. adaptations. We uh -huh. we aren't doing film, film adaptations. We will one day. When we're 80. Season, <laughs> uh, <laughs> season 7034. That's when you'll do the film adaptation one. No, I'll run out of content before then. All right, so I don't know if you will, but fingers crossed. But uh, <laughs> um, video game novelizations. This is what they are. You're playing a video game, right? Mm-hmm. Wait, does All it right. come before or after? Paint the, yeah, paint the picture, baby. Paint this picture. So you know what? Let me go a step further back. You're playing you take game. the TV and you turn it on and uh -huh. someone puts this like remote in your hand, but they tell you to grip it with both hands and they tell you to push all these buttons. two-handed remote? A two-handed remote. What? And they say, instead of a remote, call this a controller. And then they put like stuff up on the screen and it's not really a movie because you have to pick and choose what happens in order mm. to have it happen. That, my friends, is what we like to call a video game. Now we know what a video game is. We, we have that. So you're playing a video game, and there are many video games that have no story, I think. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> No, video games almost always have stories. I was thinking like 
Call of Duty. I guess it does have it a does story. It does have a story still. But like it's when you're playing. It's called the wars that we went through. Yeah. Well, when you're playing the game, it's. All right. Anyway, a video game has a story. Yeah. Most have a story. Mm-hmm. And so those stories, some people, like people who have also written books about movies that have already come out, are like, let me put pen to paper and mm-hmm. let me write down what this game was. Yeah. And so Nicholas here is reading those books. Yeah, there's a few of them out there. There's not as many as there are uh, film uh, novelizations, I will say. there. There's quite a few less movie game, movie or video game novelizations than there are movie novelizations. But uh, there's still a lot of like fun novels and even graphic novels that exist in a video game universe um, that we're definitely going to get into. Uh, today we're talking about Bioshock uh, in the book that, is, uh, that it comes out from that universe called Bioshock Rapture. It's written by John Shirley, and it's a, a fun book. We'll get into it a little bit more, but there's also other books out there. If you have any recommendations, I will plug that, the email at the end. Sophie's going to yell at me again if I talk about the email. But, uh, Wait, what did you say the email was earlier? I didn't get to say the email because you oh. thought that I was wrapping things well, yeah, up the, for the, the end of the episode. Well, yeah, the email for this... Uh, podcast is stephenmaynard at gmail.com. It is not that, we no. We stick to the tried and true. No, it is nicholaspjar at gmail.com, an email that I know no one emails, so I haven't checked it in maybe a like a year. Like, it's just... Um, okay, so let's go to part two of our our series. So, yeah, so now you got you, you know video game novelizations. We're going to talk about that in a second. But what's the other part of this podcast, Sophie? So, um, as you may have heard, it is a justification to plan a honeymoon vacation, TM. So, as some of you may know, um, Nicholas Margulis and I have decided to um, wed. Tie the knot, as they say. Yes. Um, I hope it's a Windsor. Old ball and chain. <laughs> I hope it's a Windsor. So, anyway, it's spring of 2021. We're getting married in fall, almost winter of 2021. Um. Oh, so as some of you may know, we are planning on going to Kauai, Hawaii. Mm, yes, that's, so that is news to some people. Our honeymoon. Um, and with that comes, not only are we planning a wedding and we're planning... Oh my gosh. Many events around that as well. It's, ex- it's exhausting, people. Oh yeah, my really? God. You've done so much planning, Nick. I'm so... Are you really tired? <laughs> the other day I asked Nick... Hey, you want to help me polish these items for our wedding? And he said no. I would do it. I just didn't want to do it right then. I was, I'm sick. Okay, I'm not feeling great. Anyway, we're planning on having a honeymoon in Hawaii and uh, trying to plan it. So no, our, our wedding is what ten months away now. Is that right? Hey Google, how many days until November thirteenth, twenty twenty one? November thirteenth, twenty twenty one is in two hundred sixty two days. 262 days. I think you should ask how many months. We know how many months. Hey, Google, how many months until November 13th, 2021? Eight months, two weeks. Eight what? months? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Why Eight would it be months. 10? Eight months, two weeks. <laughs> because. <laughs> oh my God. What the fuck? Because if it was 10, we're getting we married so soon. December. No, but I just figured like it's February right now. And I'm, so I take away January, and we're getting married in November, so I take away December, so it's 10 months. But it's like March right now. Holy hell, eight months and two weeks. We could have a baby in what that time. What the fuck? Or we wouldn't have a baby in that time. We could get pregnant today, and we would I see not have saying. had a baby, yeah, yeah, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Oh, <sighs> wow. So maybe by the time this, maybe this podcast ends, final episode. Night before our wedding. <laughs> Our, our wedding night. Our honeymoon. Our wedding night. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Guys, buckle up. This is going to be quite a ride. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, we are trying to plan our honeymoon. We are going on the Monday after our wedding. We get married on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're going Monday um, and then coming back Saturday. But technically, Saturday is a red-eye flight, so we won't really actually get back until Sunday. If that makes so sense a little less than a week. So basically Monday to Sunday. So if you've ever been there, let us know. Yeah. Uh, we do have a honeymoon fund. I'm going to plug that okay. right now. That's fine. Um, so if you would like to donate money to our <laughs> honeymoon fund, 
we are more than welcome to accept that money because mm-hmm. um, I don't know we'll if you know this, it. but uh, going to Hawaii is a lot more expensive than uh, you would think. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that we're we're also just looking for. I mean, if you have any specific Kauai, Hawaii specific uh, uh, advice, but even just like ways to make a honeymoon vacation comfortable in general things to look out for that's the kind of advice that we're looking for we want something that you've enjoyed we want to hear your stories uh and and we hopefully will then be able to reciprocate those uh those things to our listeners is there anything specific you would like to do on our honeymoon i'm not sure i mean i i i I, you know i'm a very I'm, i'm a very peculiar um, vacationer. You know what I mean? I definitely no, am not... No, I think you need to explain that to our listeners. Well, I don't I don't always love doing a whole bunch of stuff, and I definitely am not, like... I don't think that's peculiar. I think I'm not really uh, a big, like, beach person, necessarily. Because um, I don't like sand. Well, I mean, I'm more like, I want to do, like, the pool. Hi, Lincoln. Yeah, I like the you... pool. I like being in the sun. I want to do the pool. I want to do the sun. One thing I think I, I'm now someone that enjoys hiking a lot more than I used to. One thing I would really like to do is get a couple's massage on the beach, which Ooh. you aren't in the sand. You're like up, you know, you're yeah. on a platform, but okay. you can hear the the ocean waves. Sounds nice. Um, my mother and I have gotten in a couple's massage on the beach. <laughs> so weird. So weird. So I would like to do it with um, an actual couple. Yeah, it makes sense. Not just my mother. Hopefully, I don't. Hopefully, it doesn't remind you of times with your mother. No, I don't think it will. I think it'll be much better. Yes. So let us know if you have any uh, advice. I will say, as of now, um, our biggest thing is really trying to find the best place to stay. Is oh, kind of what we're, we're looking at because you know. It's easy to get there, but it's kind of hard to make a decision of where we want to be the entire week. So please let us know if you have any recommendations on places. And we are looking for a hotel rather than like a condo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because here's another thing I would really like. I would like to go to the hotel bar and have strangers buy us drinks. Wow, interesting. Thinking because ahead. Because we're on our honeymoon. Thinking ahead. That's smart. So, uh, during World War II, Andrea Ryan, uh, later we'll change his name to Andrew Ryan. I am Andrew Ryan, and I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington, it belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican, it belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead, I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose rapture. The artist would not fear the censor, where the scientist would not be bound by petty morality, where the great would not be constrained by the small. And with the sweat of your brow, rapture can become your city as well. He uh, hears about the bombs that happened in Nagasaki and Hiroshima. He hears about these nuclear bombs and decides, you know what? The whole world, this is the future. The the future is everyone is going to bomb everybody. And I need to go and build an underwater city that he calls Rapture. And he's like, you're going to be raptured by this city underwater. So he gets some people down to help him out. One of the guys he gets him. uh, One day he is building, uh, he gets some plumbers by to help fix his bathroom in his uh, apartment in New York City. When a guy named Bill McDonough uh, helps him out. And Bill McDonough just kind of like doesn't overcharge him. Doesn't overcharge him and he's like, I think you gotta Bill. You know, Bill's all about you know. Like, you gotta work hard, and that's that's what the American dream is all about. And Andrew Ryan respects Bill so much because of that. He invites Bill to help him build Rapture. Really, Ryan said, looking at the bill, eyebrows raised. Bill just waited. 
Strange that Andrew Ryan, one of the richest, most powerful men in America, was personally involved in dealing with a plumber, scrutinizing a minor bill. But Ryan just stood there, looking first at the bill, then at Bill. This is quite reasonable, Ryan said at last. You might have stretched your time, inflated the bill. People assumed they could take advantage of wealthy men. Bill was mildly insulted. I believe in being paid, sir, even being paid well, but only for the work I do. Again, the flicker of a smile there and gone, the keen searching gaze. I can see I've struck a nerve, Ryan said, because you're a man like me, a man of pride and capability, who knows who he is. A long appraising look, then Ryan turned on his heel and strode out. Bill shrugged. He gathered up his things and returned to the mural room, expecting to see some Ryan underling awaiting him with a check. But it was Ryan himself, holding the check out to him. Thank you, sir, Bill took it, tucked it in his pocket and nodded to the man. Was he mad, staring at him like that? And he started hastily for the door. He'd gotten to the sitting room when Ryan called him from the archway. Mind if I ask you a question? Bill paused, hoping it didn't turn out that Andrew Ryan was a poof. He'd had enough of upper-class poofs trying to pick him up. Where do you think a man's rights should end? Ryan asks. His rights, sir? A philosophical question asked of a plumbing contractor? The old toff really was mad. McDonough humored him, though. Rights are rights. That's like asking which fingers a man should do without. I need all ten, me. I like that. Now, just suppose you lose one or two fingers. What would you do? You'd think yourself unable to work. You'd have a right to a handout, as it were, eh? Bill hefted the toolbox as he considered. No, I'd find something to do with eight fingers. Or four. Make my own way. I'd like to be able to use my talents more, that's right enough. But I don't take handouts. And what talents are those? Not that I discount a gift of plumbing. But is that what you mean? No, sir, not as such. I'm by way of an engineer. In a simple mind. Could be I'll start my own. My own building operation. I'm not so young anymore, but still, I see things in my mind. I'd, I'd like to build... He broke off, embarrassed at being so personal with this man. But there was something about Ryan that made you want to open up and talk. Rapture Gets Built by Andrew Ryan. Andrew Ryan uh, has a multitude of uh, colorful characters that uh, come there as well. There's a man named Sander Cohen. He is the big sort of artist that uh, lives in Andrew Rapture. Cohen? Uh, no, Sander Cohen, I believe is his name. There's also Dr. Sin- Baron Cohen. There's also Dr. Sinclair. He does uh, like plastic surgery type stuff, you know, blah, blah, blah. There is uh, a man named Frank Fontaine. Who, bad guy. He's the bad guy who Spoiler. later uh, who will change his identity to name uh, be named Atlas. And then there, are, of course, is... Uh, what is her name? But her name is Tenenbaum, the girl who oh, sort of starts um, spearheads the little Tenenbaum? sisters. Yeah. What is her name? Julia? Juliet? Oh, I don't know what her real name is. I yeah. just know her as Tenenbaum. But it's Tenenbaum, and the um, Asian doctor's name is Dr. Suchong. That's who he is. So that's kind of the cast that we have. There's also a Dr. Lam, who uh, we don't actually see much of her in the first game, but she is in the book. So this book came out in between the release of the first Bioshock and the second Bioshock. And so it kind of, it's a prequel, and it kind of sets up the events of setting up the city of Rapture. However, it kind of serves as a, a, almost a a prequel to the second game in some ways, Mm -hmm. because it introduces more of the characters that we didn't get to hear about in the first Bioshock game. So go ahead, tell us about, um, why don't you tell us about the, the Bioshock game and the universe that you saw. Okay. So, Nick got very, very lucky when he met me because I am a girl who likes to watch people play video games. Um, I would say that this came from my brother not letting me play video games, but he would let me watch them with him, and that was the only way he'd hang out with me. So, I like, I enjoy... I think that's a very, I think that's a very um, classic story, too. I think that... I mean, Steve was kind of like that, too. I Steve only watched me play video games for a lot of our childhood. Obviously, Steve yeah. went on to play video games himself, and you kind of have as well. Well, yeah, I play... I think I think it's a some somewhat abnormal... Maybe... I don't know. Maybe not. But um, I could watch them on YouTube. It's honestly kind of weird. But... Uh, mm-hmm. And then my oldest brother, like, doesn't want anything to do with video games. But... 
I enjoy watching it. And so this game kind of took place. Well, I think the problem with it is I, I wasn't there for the beginning of the story, which I made you we had to watch a video, a YouTube video of the beginning because I have to be there for the beginning to get invested. So I have to know what's going on at every point in time. Um, so essentially a plane crashes and Correct. this Ryan character, what's his first name? No, Well, technically we don't know this yet, but his name is Jack. That's all we know. Okay. In the beginning is at least. Is his name Jack Ryan? Yeah, technically, yes. Isn't that another, is that it a is. copyright it's, trademark it, issue? It is, it is, yes. Margaret, a... can you please um, comment? Thank you. That's our patent attorney. Oh, okay. Our IP attorney. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Lawyer talk on it. So Jack Ryan uh, crashes and he just doesn't. He, this is what really gets me. He doesn't even attempt to find anyone else that's been crashed on this plane with him. Mm-hmm. He just abandons the plane and immediately finds like this. It's almost like a lighthouse, but it's in the middle of the water, which is confusing. Well, but you know why this why he doesn't look for anyone now, right? Well, spoilers. Okay, but you've also said spoiler, because you said his last name is Jack Ryan, so that's also a spoiler. Oh, okay. Because people don't know that he's Andrew Ryan's son yet. Oh, 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 I didn't, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense why it's a spoiler now, but, but I still think at the same time, you get into a plane crash, and he also is, like, delirious, he doesn't realize he's Andrew Ryan's son, so it doesn't really make sense why he would just be like, oh, I survived. I'm going to go to this lighthouse rather than look for anyone else. Unless he does. So here's kind of the, the magic of the Bioshock video game is that you discover that your character that you've been playing as Jack Ryan He's has brainwashed, is right? brainwashed. He's been manipulated uh, by Dr. Su Chong and Frank Fontaine to raise this child to be triggered, have a trigger word. Um, would you ra- or would you kindly is the trigger word. Would you kindly? Would you kindly get this? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find that? Would you kindly find Would you kindly get this? Would you kindly head to Ryan's office and kill the son of a bitch? So every time that someone says or he reads, would you kindly, he has to do what that person says. And so what we don't see, we see Jack hey, Ryan. Hey, Nick, would you kindly love me? I always will love. Hey, will you, will. would you kindly marry me? I'm going to, yes. In eight months, in, in two weeks. Um, but we see that Jack Ryan opens up this package, has a note in it, and what we don't quite realize is that it says, would you kindly, uh, kill all the people on this plane? And so he takes out a gun and kills every single person on the plane, and then kills the pilot. The pilot drops the plane Wait, into I'm the sorry, ocean. Wait, I'm sorry, this is in the book? This is not in the book. This is in... So, we'll get into it, but then, so then there's... This is the first Bioshock game. Uh, which tells the story of Jack Ryan being manipulated to kill his father, Andrew Ryan, because Frank Fontaine and Andrew Ryan kind of started a civil war that existed in, in Rapture. Um, it's also interesting that his hypnosis goes so far as to just reading those words. That's some right. That's it's, some pretty good science. Well, they they worked really hard uh, in that world. Okay, so basically he shows up and he's in this lighthouse. And he gets into this elevator and he goes down into this Atlantis type of world. Called Rapture. Called Rapture. Which I feel like if someone tells you, hey, you want to go live in the Rapture, that should already be a red flag. Because mm-hmm. Rapture, I don't know about you, I associate that you word. the end of the world. Yeah, I do. I, I don't think it's a good word. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a good city name. Des Moines maybe would have been better. Okay. Even Doe Moyne. I'll let Ken Levine know. Okay. But I just mean, you know, if you're going to start a world to essentially take over a group of people, then you probably should be like, hey, let's be a little bit more incognito about it. For sure. Um. So he gets into this thing, and what you don't notice when you're playing the game, but you realize later on is he gets in and he goes, oh, would you kindly pick up this radio? And would you kindly go to this floor? And would you kindly kill yes. that guy? And blah, 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 blah. There's this guy named Atlas who keeps telling you all these things mm-hmm. that you don't quite realize. But the, the magic of the game is, is that, I mean, the game already, you're when you're playing a video game, you're doing things... Because the objective tells you to do it. You know what I mean? That's just how games work. And the magic of this story is, is that they take that idea of you doing things just because some objective and some arrow points you to, and they make it part of the story. And that's kind of what really is fun about that first game, at least, uh, is that it's this guy saying, would you kindly 
you know, grab that, that, that radio or whatever. And then there's an arrow pointing and you, yeah. you can't continue until you grab that radio. You know what I mean? Which is like, you know, that's what you want out of a video game. You don't want to be sitting there like, I don't know what to do. You want some guidance. For sure. You yeah. want some That's direction. why it's there. That's why it's there. So as you're exploring Rapture, you're picking up these like audio tapes and stuff and you're listening to it. And what you discover is that there was this uh, sea slug that people found outside in the water that um, when people ate it or injected it into their veins, it would give them like special powers, like electricity bolts that could fly from their hands or fire bolts or even teleportation. And they began to call these things plasmids or they even called them uh, Eve Adam and Eve. Tenenbaum cleared her throat and said, Now this man, Burnham, he is wounded. I will show you the injury. She lifted up the gown of the man on the gurney, and Fontaine winced to see a nasty, puckered, ragged tear in the man's flesh, about seven inches long, haphazardly taped shut just above the groin. He tries to use fishing hooks to steal fish from fishery tanks. Ryan's men catch him, slice him with his own hook, and now we have extracted special material from slugs, purified it. This material is made of special stem cells, unstable, highly adaptable. Please, observe. She picked up the syringe and jammed it into the flesh just above the man's groin. Burnham's back arched, his body reacting, but he didn't wake. Fontaine winced at the sight of the three-inch needle piercing deeply into the man's gut. Now, she said, observe the wound. Fontaine did and nothing happened. Ha! Dr. Suchong said. Maybe it not worked this time. And your great theory, poof, Tenenbaum. Then the skin around the wound twitched, reddened and the serrated flesh inside the wound seemed to writhe about, and the seal shut. In a minute, only a faint scar remained of the ragged gash. It had healed before their eyes. I'll be damned, Fontaine said. I call it Adam, said Bridge and Tenenbaum, because from Adam in the myth came life for mankind. This too brings life. It destroys damaged cells, replaces them with new ones, transferred by plasmids unstable genetic material. Now, stem cells can be manipulated, their genes changed. We can make them this, make them that. If it can do this, heal instantly, what else can it do? Transform a man, a woman, into what? Many things, endless possibilities. And, uh, and and they go into that a lot in the book, uh, which is one of the things they go into a lot of. And they kind of explain uh, the big sisters and the or the little sisters well, yeah, and the so big here's daddies. Here's another really creepy thing. So mm-hmm. there's like these big creatures. I, are they people inside of like suits? I believe so. Yes. So there are people inside of these like suits. It, it almost looks like an old timey. But it's mostly suit. robotic stuff. It almost, yeah, like it almost looks like an old scuba suit thing where it's like, or like, you know, a scuba suit that used to be sort of astronauty where you would put a, a head over your, like a helmet on. And, I know what you're talking about. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm imagining them especially, essentially an astronaut outfit, but brown and gold and brass because mm-hmm. they're going into the water. So it's like that, but they're like very big. And these little girls, these children, call them little, or they're called little sisters, call these big guys big daddies. And they're like slaves to these big daddies and they live in the vents and these weird big daddies like knock on the vents and they come out of there and they help them and, and then they're, they fight you and the little girls would go, get him, Mr. B, get him. Get him, Mr. B. That's very good. That's very good, yeah. <laughs> and then... When their lights go out, Mr. B and I come to visit. <laughs> and then they'll go, ah, get him, Mr. B. And then you kill Mr. You kill Big Daddies, right? And then the girls, you can either save them or you can harvest them. You can get Adam from harvesting them. Look, Mr. Bubbles. Adam. And so then you pick them up and they're all like ghostly zombified people and they go ah, 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 and then you either harvest them or you save them mm-hmm. and nick 
is here's one thing you have to learn about Nick's gameplay. Okay. Nick is always the good guy. I try to be, yes. Actually, not always because... Well, if people have wronged me, then I'll wrong them back. That's the way it rose. Um, But sometimes it's like people wrong you ever so slightly and you will make sure they die. But the little sisters, you were like, I am going to save them all. And I was very curious. I was like, what happens when you harvest them? Because I wanted to see. Who doesn't want to see? You know, like there's option A, there's option B. You got to see what option B is. So Nick was very concerned that if he harvested them, he would get, you know, you can get different. You can get different, you can get you different, different endings. endings. And I wanted to get the right ending. That's so I all. looked it up. And as long as you har- harvested no more than one, you got the good ending. So we did harvest one. And mm-hmm. for all of those out there playing Bioshock, it's not worth it. Don't harvest them. Don't the do it. The screen just goes blank. Like, nothing happens. There's so... I mean, and this is maybe one of the faults of Bioshock, but a lot of the games out there in the world do this, is that they don't make the evil options really all that fun. No. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that was stupid. I We even did it, and I was like, oh, that was it? Okay, never mind. Yeah. you get. I got, I got slightly more Adam from doing it, but it doesn't feel good. There's not a good outcome in the end for it. It's... it's uh, I don't yeah. even really know if you get... Uh, more Adam in the long run because here's the thing is that the more you save these little sisters, uh, Dr. Tenenbaum ends up giving you more Adam and stuff uh, in like little presents and stuff like that. So you still get a lot of Adam for saving them. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, so that's the story of that game is that you kind of discovered there's uh, these big sisters and little daddies. The idea with the, with the little, or the little sisters and big daddies um, in the game, it's very you, ca- you can't really understand it. It's very just kind of creepy. In the book, though, it is explained a lot. So the idea is, is that if they put the slugs inside the little girls, they can generate more atom faster. And the idea was like these like plasmids, these like special power things were taking mm-hmm. off, and we needed to make as much atom as possible. So these little sisters were essentially this atom factory. But then. People would start to kill these little girls because they wanted to get the atom. And so they had to create some sort of guard for these little sisters. So they created the big daddies, which are these giant, you know, machine monsters. Oh, so that makes it seem like good. The big daddies are good. Yeah, they are. I mean, yeah. Um, but then also you see in the game, like these little sisters will stab their little like needle gun into dead people all the time. And part of that is because is that they were running out of slugs in the outside water world. And like, we still need to get more Adam. Um, and they're like, well, in the dead bodies of people is still more Adam if you get them fast enough. So they started sending the little sisters out into the world with the big daddies to go and collect more of the... Uh, Adam from the dead bodies. So that's that's why that's kind of how the world came together. So I mean, here's the thing: when you're playing the game, it's all kind of like, oh, this is creepy, it's weird. But yeah, once I read the like book, things really kind of just were happening. A lot of exactly, yeah, for sure. I felt that way as well. And you can read all the audiobooks and or listen to all the audiobooks and stuff like that. And it some of it gets explained. But I feel like it's impossible to really understand everything mm-hmm. unless you whatever go online and read some website yeah. or pick up the book. I enjoy well, this book. And that's why I will say, I mean, I use, I really like watching video games and I just didn't really enjoy this one because I was like, I don't know what's going on ever. But it was I, a fun I, atmosphere, it right? Was, it was a fun atmosphere. I do like the dystopian type of atmosphere and things. Um, and I, this felt very dystopian, which always, like, I always enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But there was an aspect of it where I was like, what even is the point of this? And I, I really didn't understand what the point of Eve and Adam really was. I don't know. I think I think that it was fine to watch. It wasn't my favorite game in the world. I think knowing a little bit more now, I would watch it again. I did like when you played, like, the mini versions. When you played, like, you were the detective or whatever, that private oh, investigator. yeah, so we got to get into that, too, because they're... So the, so the book came... So the first game came out, the first game came out, the second book came out, uh, or the first book came out, and then the second game came out. Bioshock 2, you take play... You are... Um, you're a character who, who even shows up in the book again, uh, who is, like... You were, like, an underwater sea diver who discovered Rapture during the prime of, of Rapture, and... Andrew Ryan didn't trust you because he thought that you were like a KBG agent or KB, 
KGB agent or your CSI or something like that. And he's like, we're going to turn him into the first big daddy. So you play in the second game as the first big daddy. And uh, you you have a connection to a little sister who then turns into a big sister. And she gets her own like special drill gun and rivet gun and stuff like that. And you two have to team up together to sort of free yourself from this world. And you, you appear in that book there. But then the next thing that came out was a few years later, a game called Bioshock Infinite. And Bioshock Infinite was kind of a departure from the series because instead of being taking place in uh, a city underwater, it took place in a city in the sky. Uh, and there's all these balloons and stuff in the sky that took place uh, like in 1912. So it was even before, you know, all this rapture, I think started kind of in like the 1950s. I think 1959 is kind of when the first big war in rapture happened, which it had been around for a few years by then. But uh, this Bioshock infinite games takes place in the, in the, uh, 1912 or something like that. Anyway, the story of that game is you play as a detective who... Well, you have an option to play in the sky, and then there's an option where you... Like, well, that's what I have to say. Episode. So the first game is in the sky. Yeah. What I played was a whole, like, yeah, mini... A second... Start, yeah, yeah, mini game that took place after the actual game. Um, so you're in the sky, you, you discover uh, that you were a guy named Booker DeWitt who went and fought in a war and then after the war you came upon a pond and a man said i'd like to baptize you and then from here uh the timeline splits in half so some if you are booker dewitt who refuses to get baptized you continue to be booker dewitt and you start a detective agency you meet a, a beautiful girl uh, you get married, you have a kid together, and her name, uh, I forget what her name is, but she grows up to be Elizabeth, who we meet later in the game. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before we get to that, though, if you do decide to get um, baptized, you become a man uh, named Comstock, and Comstock founds this city in the sky. So the city in the sky happens, he uh, gets this scientist named uh, Mr. Lettuce, Latouse is the mm-hmm. guy's name. Uh, and he discovers, uh, somehow, uh, like the, the ability to trans, like go to different universes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so Comstock goes, I want to have a daughter. So he goes to a different universe where he, as Booker DeWitt has a child and he steals that child from Booker DeWitt. Booker DeWitt becomes very sad. Latouse goes, I want Booker DeWitt to get his child back. So he takes Booker DeWitt from his timeline, puts him into this timeline where Comstock is, and he has no memory of his past life. He doesn't know that he's also Comstock because something with going from different universes made Comstock have like gray hair and a big beard and stuff like that. So Booker DeWitt doesn't know that he's Comstock, but he's trying to uh, save this girl, Elizabeth. He doesn't even know that Elizabeth is, is his daughter, but Latouse is trying to help him guide him towards that. Mm-hmm. Latouse also meets uh, a female version of himself from a different universe. And the two of them kind of like team up together to bring these two together. Anyway, that's a whole, that's the whole game of there. You find out Elizabeth becomes like all powered and she is able to, mm-hmm. you know, travel to different universes. Then we see her, her goal then is to kill all Booker DeWitts because Booker DeWitts are evil. They're not good. They turn into Comstock and Comstock is a bad man. So, one of them is takes place in Rapture, where Comstock yeah. is in Rapture. And we there's a whole little mini-game called Burial at Sea. The problem with Burial at Sea, though, is that it contradicts a lot of the stuff in the novel. Oh, interesting. So, while that game is really fun, I think that it, it, I like the stuff that's in the novel more than I did that was the stuff that yeah. was in the game. I think to some extent, too... Which, okay, I'm going to say this, and I am I thought this in my mind while you were talking about that, and then I immediately was like, well, that's not actually true. But, okay, so I do think that for some reason, and I think it's just me, I'm a, I'm a picky, I'm a weird person, I like different things, like, in different universes, I like different settings, I, I'm very particular about, like, oh, I like it this way in this setting, whatever, I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes sense. But in this game, I like that Booker DeWitt one because they're in Rapture before the war starts. Right. And I kind of like to see, because in a sense to me, the dystopian is good enough that it's already weird. 
like it's already under the sea it's already this like weird society that's taking place there's already a lot of things that are and you know maybe I'm just like reading into this and I'm creating more drama than there really is but it's like there's already these like rules there's already these things that say like don't listen to Frank Fontaine there's like already this like there's almost like already enough controversy to me that the thought of an impending war is is good enough like I don't need it to be in the war and that's I think part of what I didn't like about actual Bioshock the first game where we watched it was like all of a sudden you're like everything's destroyed i don't even know like what is my presence here what's my purpose here i don't even really have like a i don't care about this place because i don't and to some extent when we watched or when i watched the booker dewitt one i was like this is fun i like to see all these places i like to see all Mm -hmm. these weird things that are happening like we went to one place where it was this guy was a manic artist who was like making people dance Sandra and if Cohen. they didn't that's oh Cohen. that's who it was if he, they didn't dance the right way then he um it was sasha, sasha barry and cohen <laughs> um electrocuted them yeah. so you're like that's already fucked up and i li- and not that i like that i, I don't like that <laughs> no, but i no. like the fucked you like upness. that universe yeah i'm like this is already a fucked up universe where i'm i'm interested in the dystopianness of right. it already that being said i immediately rub butted that in my head with we happy few mm. which i don't know if anyone has played we happy few it's a pretty um what it was like a patreon but not really a patreon yeah it was what i was think it? it was a game that uh had like some of the most amount of patreon people ever and so it was able to they were able to make their own game kind of by themselves which um, is kind of cool so we happy few is a game where it's also like a dystopian era it's like dystopian 50s um england yeah Scotland, England, that... No, it's, it's England. England? Yeah. I feel like there's some Scottish people in it. There are. There's, I think, one Not guy the, in particular. Yeah, that one, like, guy you play as. But, okay, so it's dystopian era, 50s dystopian, and it's, um, right? It's 50... I think it's 50s. It's essentially after World the World War Two. I think so. I mean, I think it's a little bit similar to Rapture in this way. Yeah. There's even some 60s vibes, because I think sometimes yeah, when you check Joy... Yeah, Joy is like the drug in this universe. There's a little yeah. bit of 60s grooviness that mm-hmm. kind of happens. So there's this thing with dystop- so there's this thing where it's like everyone takes this drug and you have to be happy all the time because like people can't deal with sadness, which you come to find out, which spoiler if you're going to play it, I'm really sorry, like maybe bleep out the next couple I'm, minutes. I won't do that. But no, I'm saying like oh, you like fast skip forward. it yourself. Fast forward the next the, 30 if seconds. If you don't want to hear a spoiler, then you shouldn't listen to our podcast in the first place. Wow. But if you really don't want to hear a spoiler about We Happy Few in this moment, like maybe skip ahead 45 seconds. Okay, so here we go. So essentially what happens is um, during the war, the people were like, we're going to blow up your entire city unless you give us all your children. Send all your children our way. So they send all their children their way. The tanks that they were going to blow everyone up with were made of paper mache. And so all their kids die for no fucking reason. So everyone's like fucked up because they mm-hmm. sent all their kids away. And like all their children died because they were all scared of nothing. And it was just like paper mache. Um, so they all take this jo- drug called Joy to make them happier. For those of you who tuned out because you were they're, they're not winning any they're not, com- they're not back yet. They're not. They should come back right about now. Okay, hello. Back to our people who are spoiled. But you take this pill called Joy and people like get suspicious of you if you're not on Joy. They really want you to be happy because they're trying to like cover up all the sadness of the past. And if you're, they're not on it, they like chase you. They want to kill you. It's like it's a dystopian world. Um, but I do like that game a lot. But now that I'm talking about it again, I do feel like I like it more when I I see past parts of it. I think mm. I, it's interesting to me where I'm like, oh, there's like this conflict that's happening. I will tell you. So my when I was reading the book, I was like, oh, it'd be really fun to play a game that takes place, you know, while Rapture is being created. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, how do we do it? And so the, the story, I mean, the, the character who... Um, who is like the main character of the novel is that guy, Bill McDonough. And I think that'd be fun to do some sort of like, you play as Bill McDonough getting ready for this big civil war that's about to take place. And you have to go to like the, cause I mean, even in the book, it's, you know, says like, there's like these like seedy areas, you know, mm-hmm. where the splicers or what they call them, the people that have completely overdosed and, and are going, have gone crazy on Eve. 
uh, are called splicers. And so there's certain areas that are just kind of like the, you know the the scary places of rapture. And so like it would be like you know you could do some sort of fun game where like you have to venture into those places, pick up a bunch of uh, you know materials or whatever, and bring it back to your home base. And you know you're sort of like building mm-hmm. up some home base to protect your family and friends or something like that. Because even while there was like dark moments in. Uh, during the Civil War, there was still also all of this good stuff that Andrew Ryan was trying to hang on to for as long as he could, where he was trying to make, yeah, the, you know, this 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 uh, this city work. Yeah. I think that I think there's a thing where I enjoy the dystopian, but it's more like I enjoy a different universe type of thing. I don't know. Maybe that's not even true. I don't know. That's what this is going to yeah. be all about. We'll figure it out. What you it's, like? I really. I think I just like this this notion of okay it's a dystopian type of future where but i don't you know i think about things that i'm like oh i like the dystopian but i don't really like an alternate reality i don't really like to see like oh yeah this alternate reality where everything's the same but people just act a little like things are slightly off you don't like that no i think i like because i just for some reason i thought immediately of like of the Avengers where I'm thinking, okay, there's this alternate reality maybe where everyone's just slightly different. And it's Mm -hmm. not that it's, it's a dystopian where I, I enjoy watching this big thing in history has happened and it's changed the course of like how people act like, okay, something that's really interesting to me is the way that inventions come into the world. Mm -hmm. So a dystopian where it's like, we've never invented this. And so this, this product or this feature, this like big thing hasn't touched us and and confused us. It's not just like, Oh, a dystopian, which I do enjoy it, but it's not what I'm really thinking of as a dystopian. Cause I do like to think of like on friends when they have those episodes where they're like, Oh, what would have happened if I had stayed with Carol? The what if. What up? Yeah. yeah. I don't really like that. It's more of a, um, it's more of a this thing in history didn't take place or this thing in history did pl- take place mm-hmm. and so that altered our reality. Yeah. And so I think that that's really interesting to me and I think You like that stuff. I do like that. I and I don't want to experience it. Don't get me wrong. I mm-hmm. don't want to experience it. Yeah. Um but I I'm interested in the dystopian of what if a freaking place existed under the sea? Yeah. Which is still mind-boggling to me because how can you not see the sun for that long? Yeah. That sounds like, that seems so crazy, like to not go outside. Well, so they did build that, the, a plant place, I forget what it's called. Yeah, um, but it's not the same. And uh, and that kind of gave them a lot of the oxygen too, was that um, that place, but... Yeah, I don't know. Um, I I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. I mean, you're the host. I don't want to take away those duties from you as far as wrapping it up. But uh, what do you guys think of dystopian novels? What do you guys think of the Bioshock universe? I know it was a very complicated universe. I think it's kind of fun how complicated it is, though. So I hope you had a fun time uh, yeah. even just dipping your toes in. I encourage you to go in and, and maybe play the games yourself or even... Uh, look some stuff up yourself because I they're very fun I absolutely recommend this book I think that some people might not be super into it um, but I know that I was I know that it's really fun to explore the sort of the origins of uh, the the rapture universe and how it all came together a lot of the science of it is in here too uh, of like certain materials that they're using to build the city and how they're building it on top of like Oh, the hot Lava springs. Lava base, yeah, right? hot springs yeah. and stuff like that. That causes some of the heat. That's why it's not so cold down there. Greavy glanced at Ryan for approval before continuing. Ryan nodded and Greavy went on. It's heat-driven electrical energy drawn from volcanic sources under the seafloor. Hot springs and fumaroles, sulfur chimneys and the like. Geothermal, some call it. A virtually endless source of power. Wonderful, isn't it? No coal needed, no oil, Greavy said, rubbing his hands together gleefully. Once the supply line is set up, the energy flow goes on as long as the earth retains its heat. We had 12 domes like this one arrayed around the site, Ryan added proudly. And we sank them, pumped them out, piping clean air. The domes are all connected by tunnels we've built right on top of the seabed. 
Not sure I believe it, Gov. Bill started staring at the big ripper. And here I am looking at it. Ryan chuckled. Then you shall see it up close. Greedy, ask Wallace to take us in for a closer look. Nothing but glass holding out all this water, Bill marveled. We're down fair deep, all that bloody great pressure. I'm not ready to share all my secrets with you yet, Bill, but there is, a, in fact, a perfect merging of glass and metal. Something new called submolecular bonding. Astonishingly pressure-resistant. Expensive, but worth every cent. All that kind of stuff was really fun. Um, and obviously the politics of Andrew Ryan are something that are very interesting. Uh, and it is, it, is, it has a, it's a very interesting book that kind of both acts as a prequel to the entire series, but it's also, um, I don't know, it's, it's almost something that you could read after you've played both games too, I think. It, it's very interesting. So, yeah. All right, well... Thank you so much, Nicholas, for uh, coming on to the podcast today. Absolutely. I'm and so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so for all your work that you put into preparing for the episode. I had a, I had a blast. Um, hopefully we can hear from you again soon. I look no forward promises, to doing it. But maybe, well, I think I will be here. You may not. Um, I think I will. Okay. Well, if you're invited back. Um, we'll I will see be. how the guests, we'll see how the viewers, uh, listeners. Okay. Uh, what their vote is because we will be taking a poll okay. um but otherwise again please let us know if you have any ideas for our honeymoon if you would like to donate to our honeymoon fund um please reach out at nicholas, nicholas p, p jar, jar. At nicholas gmail? the letter p jar at gmail.com um and if you guys have a video game that you know is turned into a book and you would like yeah. us to feature it on the podcast let us know um maybe we will maybe we won't no promises in yeah. any way shape or form there's how do, how do you how do we end the podcast how did we end the we should go back and listen to i don't episode. think we ever had an actual consistent ending mm, okay Or here, I actually have a better idea here. Let me let me pull it up on okay. the TikTokery. Oh, some uh, TikTok. You guys hear about this? this. Uh, you guys hear about this TikTok? Play Fortnite with you.